0: Lisa with another episode of Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age. This podcast is sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North Homeschool Academy offers live online and self-paced courses that are dynamic, interactive, affordable, and fun. Our self-paced classes allow students to move at their own pace and include American Sign Language, Forensic Science, Veterinary Science, biotechnology. 3D modeling, graphic design, culinary arts, and game design. We also offer ebooks on various subjects, including Celebrate Sukkot, on sale this month of October for only 99 cents. This is a great way to learn about the biblical Feast of Tabernacles and gain greater understanding of God's Word. We also offer Biblical Hebrew and Modern Hebrew, taught live each week from Israel by Rabbi Arthur Fisher. Hebrew is on the critical languages list and looks great on a transcript. We have adult learners in the class as well, learning right alongside their high school classmates. As always, check out the show notes, which are full of resources. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, please download and share this podcast. And now let's dive into another episode of Soft Skills 101.
1: Hal and Melanie Young are the award-winning, best-selling authors of Raising Real Men, No Longer Little, and Love, Honor, and Virtue. They are publishers, writers, bloggers, and popular conference speakers internationally, known for their Christ-centered focus and practical real-life stories. They are the parents of six real boys, five grown, and two real girls, and live in noisy, messy happiness in North Carolina.
0: Okay, so today I'm here with Helen Melanie Young, and I'm so excited to have them on the podcast. You know them from homeschooling conventions and their website and their podcast at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. And thanks for joining me today. I'm so thrilled to have you guys here. Oh, we're
1: glad to be with you,
0: Lisa.
2: It's a pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, so we are still talking about the soft skill of communication and I have asked Helen Melanie here to talk about pornography and how that affects communication and messes it up and how it changes it, which is kind of an odd topic, <laughs> but here we go. So thanks for coming and talk. This is a difficult topic and, um, I, I'd love to address how to even bring it up with our kids. I think it's really so important. We should not ignore this with our kids. So I'd love to get your perspective on even how to broach the subject and what ages and those types of things, if you're willing to just jump in and run with this.
2: <laughs> well, you know that, yeah. And it, it's an awkward topic. It's awkward to talk about it here and we're, you know, this is something that we talk about on, on stage a lot, but mm-hmm. um the thing The thing to keep in mind is that the whole landscape has changed. I mean it's just in the past ten or fifteen years it has radically shifted and when we we started talking about pornography as part of talking about developing sexuality with your children, mm-hmm. we started talking about this what about nine years ago, yeah, and people would come up afterwards and say, Oh, I'm so glad you're talking about it. I found out my sixteen year old has been watching this trash online and you know but now, As we now
1: now it's seven to nine year olds. Oh wow, that and so, are being exposed, and,
2: and so kids are getting sucked into this before they're even you know officially sexually aware, and they don't even know what they're being tempted by. They don't understand right. it, and, and it's and just most, tragic.
1: And most of their parents are so far behind the curve mm-hmm. yeah. in talking to them about sexuality. The kids are utterly unprepared to deal with it.
0: Right. Yeah. Do and they so even know maybe even what they're seeing or being exposed to at that age? It, it's at probably, their brains probably can't even make sense of it in some ways. No, no. Not it's at, just... It, but, and,
1: and that's kind mm-hmm. of the danger, because what we're seeing is kids acting out on other kids. Oh, wow. Because and, and they don't even yeah. understand the seriousness of it. Mm-hmm. They've got the Holy Spirit to tell them this is wrong. Right. But right. they don't really understand the depths of how dangerous it is. And for the most part, the majority of parents we talk to are clueless that kids that age could even be exposed. Wow. The average age of first exposure is now 10 to 11 mm -hmm. and dropping rapidly every year. Wow. And so parents, what we hear from the parents is, oh, my child is 13. I probably ought to talk about sexuality. When in reality, they may have been watching stuff since they were well, we, yeah. they're even preteen. Yeah. So.
2: you yeah. See, we have we talked to the 13 year old that comes up to the booth and said, I'm glad you're talking about this. I've been struggling with it
1: for years. Uh-huh. Yeah,
2: for years, you know, so.
1: So, that
0: that's interesting to me. So the kids don't feel awkward to come up to strangers at the booth and say, wow, this is a relief. I need help.
2: Well, it, yeah, it is awkward, but you know, we're kind so of desperate. We're, we're yeah. sort of like this. We're like the scapegoat in the Old Testament because we come in from out of town. They can come <laughs> unload their worries on us and then, and then, we, leave, we, then we leave. We leave yeah. town. So you're safe. So safe.
1: You're a safe, safe person. person. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and our book, Love, Honor and Virtue, which is written to teenage guys, has prompted mm-hmm. a lot of this discussion. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So like we've
0: said, this is awkward. Like you don't want to, like most seven year olds aren't going to know what pornography is and you're going to have a conversation with about them. We've talked about this on the podcast, like almost every month is that so many parents are handing their kids smartphones at young ages. And mm-hmm. the kids have more ability on that smartphone than they took to Apollo on Apollo 11 <laughs> to yeah. the moon mm-hmm. with them. And yet we're just like, here's this universe. Good luck, kiddo. So how do you even approach this kind of conversation when we're handing our kids this firepower?
1: Um, how do you know? In, in a simple age appropriate way. It yeah. doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. With, a, with a young child, you say, you know, God created us for good things. And he created your body and your body is a good thing, but it's a special thing. Mm -hmm. And you are not supposed to be undressed in front of anybody except your parents so they can help you, the doctor if he needs your help, Mm -hmm. and the person that you're going to be married to one day. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, sometimes, honey, bad people try to do things that God doesn't want them to do. Mm -hmm. And so if you see a picture of someone undressed, you're not supposed to look at that. You're supposed to turn around and go tell an adult immediately. So, you know, you don't have to make it complicated or hard, Mm -hmm. just simple age appropriate. Your child needs to understand nobody has a right to see them or touch them Mm -hmm. in the area covered by their bathing suit. Yeah. And they should not be looking at or touching anyone else in the area covered by their bathing suit. Mm -hmm. And so you can make it simple, but kids need to hear it and they need to hear it in the context of marriage Right. that, you know, that being undressed in front of someone is one of the privileges of marriage and only marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love
0: how you use the word privilege. It's a privilege of marriage.
2: Yes. And and, you see that, that simplifies the discussion about pornography because then you just, you've already set a ground rule that, Hey, you don't look at those private areas on other people. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody in real life shows you that you turn around and you don't look at it. If somebody on a screen shows you that, you don't look at that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, it's, it makes it really simple.
1: Right. And now as they're approaching the preteen years, you need to get into more detail. Yeah. You know, about what God designed sexuality for mm-hmm. and why it's for marriage and, and why this is not right outside of marriage because God said so.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and that, that those simple, short conversations are critically important. For protecting our kids, that's the best kind of communication, right there. Right, is giving our kids the protection they need yeah. to see things from God's perspective.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've read an article about how um, uh, this family was so protective of their kid, and yet she went on an overnight. And that her friend had been being groomed online and they were in the process of being abducted. <laughs> I mean, it was this crazy story, but I think we hear it yeah. not unfortunately. Well, and I think it's important to realize that we might be super protective of our kids and have these conversations, but we don't know what's going on in the other house, not to be paranoid, but just to be aware that our kids might be I think most of our kids might be exposed in ways that they don't even we don't even consider that could happen because we didn't grow up with it, or whatever. I mean, we
1: hear, we, yeah. we hear about kids being exposed at Sunday school from another child with a with a smartphone in their pocket. Oh. you know, at homeschool group from their cousins, from the next door neighbor. Yeah. yeah, this we need to be concerned about other people, and that's why why even if your kids don't have access, which let's be honest, most of us have smartphones, and so whether we think so or not, our kids do have access. Yeah.
0: I know my what? kids know how to work my phone much better than I do, and they're uh, not little, <laughs> but still. And, and even
2: if you don't give them permission, you know we had a mom that that told us, well, you know, I thought I had a virus or something on my on my uh, uh, iPad because it was I'd come down in the mornings and my my uh, icons were all over the screen. They were in different places than I'd left them. I thought something was happening, and then one night she heard a noise. She tiptoed downstairs and she found her what eight year old?
1: Eight year old.
2: Eight year old was watching porn on Mama's iPad in the middle of the night. Wow. Okay. And yeah. I
1: have a friend, I was having coffee, 18 month old, toddled into the room, mm-hmm. picked up her dad's phone and swiped his, his passcode into it. Wow. Wow. And, she, and the mom about fainted. Yeah. She had no idea, but.
2: The kids aren't stupid. They're not yeah. stupid. They're <laughs> watching really us. really young. Wow.
1: <laughs> you know? And you know? so. Even if we think they don't have internet access, they almost certainly do, if yeah. not in our home and other people's homes. Right, right. And so we need to prepare all our kids and we need to recognize that the stakes are huge. Right. Of all 12 to 18 year olds, that means all 12 year olds as well as all 18 year olds, mm. over 80% have seen perverted sex online.
0: 80%? Not even
1: over 80%, mm. not yeah. even one man, one woman, but beyond that.
0: Ah, uh, wow. Wow. Okay, so, um, how do, can we just? I mean, I think there's a lot of stats to talk about the problems with porn and sexualization, and all that kind of stuff. Can we just talk about how porn damages our ability to communicate well with others? Like, what does this do to our brains?
2: Well, okay, you know, this is one of the reasons it's so tragic when it when young, very young people are exposed to it, it's because. They're going through such a developmental process. There's a lot of plasticity in their brains
0: mm-hmm.
2: and overstimulating certain things, which pornography does, actually changes the structure of the brain. It changes the response patterns. It changes the way that that they view things and they perceive things and respond to things. And so, you know, that is that's a really a damaging thing to begin with. Yeah. In the communication world, I would think the fundamental thing is it violates trust. Mm-hmm. because it because it creates unrealistic and unholy expectations mm-hmm. of other people and it it interferes with the normal interaction normal restraints and respect that should be there you know it breaks down barriers that ought to be there for the protection of of everyone
1: mm-hmm.
2: and and i think that's the i think that 's one of the fundamental things it in al- communication
1: it also has a physical component mm-hmm. that um watching all these all these open windows of porn online produces a much larger dopamine response mm-hmm. than is normal in sexuality, and as a res- and so your dopamine receptors start shutting down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you have to watch more or or worse mm-hmm. to get the same dopamine response, and it's addictive. Mm-hmm. And right. so what we're what we're reading about and seeing in the research is young people finally getting married. They think, oh, the battle is over. And what we're seeing in marriages is young, is people who are addicted to porn, who are unable to respond to their mates without watching porn first. Mm. Talk about destroying trust in early marriage. People who have unreasonable and ungodly expectations. Mm -hmm. And we've had wives come weep at the horrors that their mate is expecting them to do that Mm. are physically and emotionally injuring them. Wow. Because of their mate's addiction to porn. And so these kind of things, talk about destroying communication. It destroys marriages. It destroys relationships. It's like a nuclear bomb. Yeah.
0: I read this morning that um, pornography is dominated by hostile sexism.
1: Yes. Um, And
0: just, I mean, sex between a man and a woman is a constant negotiation act, right? (laughs) Because we're not the same. Men and women are really different. And so you're constantly negotiating how does this work? You know, what do you need? What do you, where are you at? How is it all working? And if there's this expectation of of dominance or hostility in a really, or you're used to violence through porn, how do you, what do you even do with that? Where do you go with it?
1: There's some terrifying research that shows that young men in their twenties have a view that women desire pain and humiliation. And the women do not mm. and talking about trying to build a marriage mm. with that skewed of you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's horrible and mm. it's a result of porn and mm. this stuff is so dangerous and so damaging mm-hmm. that we need to be careful to stay away from it ourselves because let's face it over half of the people listening to this probably have an issue with it. Looking at the stats. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. we've got to stay away from ourselves and we've got to protect our kids from it.
0: Right. So what are some ways we can really protect our kids from that? We, I mean, we've been pretty open talking to our kids about pornography and um, we're, we both <laughs> live in the mental health world. So we see a lot of the dangers and, and the horrific stories that come out of some of these kinds of situations but, I mean, there's this fine line between scaring your kids and, and being open and talking with them about it. We, and, you know, I was on an online discussion last week where people were looking for things like Covenant Eyes and things mm-hmm. to put on their computers. And I was thinking, is there even anything like that for a phone? Yes.
2: Yes, yes. Covenant Eyes uh, it also works on phones. They do it for phones?
0: phones? Okay. Yes, we yeah. have it on all of our devices. Yeah, on okay. Android
2: and iPhone. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I know there's a couple other companies. We really like Covenant Eyes. Um, but I know that you can get gab phones too. And that is just like to receive and send yeah. texts and messages. So you don't have to get your kid a uh, smartphone even. Yeah. Um, but. Well,
2: you, you know, I think you, since you mentioned covenant eyes and we're big fans then as well. Um, that's one of the first things, I mean, like you bring the baby home from the hospital and if you don't already have it, then put something like covenant eyes on anything that can receive a signal because yeah. you know what you're doing, you're not putting up a brick wall, but you're, you're preventing somebody from just stumbling into something right. where, yes. a t- where a typo will take you to a, a yes. to a porn site. You know, yeah. you just put something up there that would be kind of a backstop. Mm-hmm. But then after that, you start that discussion. And, you know, the talk, the talk starts when they're like just out of diapers.
1: Yeah. The talk you is know? a series of talks throughout their life. you know, communicating with your kids about biblical sexuality from the time they're little mm-hmm. and they have questions about the parts of their body mm-hmm. to when they're ready to get married. Yeah. And you've got to keep those lines of communication open because let me tell you something, our enemy would love to communicate with your kids about this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a great point. We think if we're, if we're not saying something, we're avoiding the awkwardness, but that's a fantastic point. There's a lot of voices out there feeding into Mm -hmm. our kids. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that's the fundamental thing. You put up the backstop so that nobody can stumble into things. Right. And. You start a conversation and you create a culture of openness where they can come to you and ask you those questions. The questions that make you hyperventilate a little bit sometimes, yeah. you know, to say, wow, that's tough. But you know what? I would much rather have my child ask me a shocking question than go ask Mr. Google, who has pictures to show them. You <laughs> know, It's much better if they can come to a parent and the parents say, sweetheart, that's an awfully awkward question. Let's talk about that. You know, let's do this gently.
1: But, you know, when you do that, you're investing. You're investing in a relationship that, you know, I had a super awkward conversation with a son of mine who's about to get married. And I just said, there's some things I think you ought to know. Uh (laughs) And we talked about it. When he got ready to leave, I said, look, I'm sorry. That was really awkward, I know. And he said, no, mom. He said, I really appreciate it. Yeah. And see, you want to have, you can't get to that able to have that conversation instantaneously. You have to work up to it.
0: Right. I mean, is there ever a situation where you think, you know, we see the Super Bowl just happened. <laughs> I mean, there is so much chatter about it, about the appropriateness of the of the show and whatever. And we I don't even know who played. That's how big a football person I is. But I, I did read your article how on the on the ads <laughs> which was fun. Um but we're we're surrounded by a culture where there's soft porn everywhere. Um, and so, how do we protect our kids from even you know set no evil thing before your eye and still live in the world it it's getting complicated
2: well it, it, it is and and you have to be we have to have kind of our eyes open about it yeah. and uh, you know what first thing I would say, and this is certainly for for every father out there we've got to set the example yeah. you know because our kids know our kids see if we're taking a second look at the co-eds on the beach they they know. If we're if we're sneaking a peek at the magazine in the grocery store aisle, they can see that. Mm-hmm. So we need to discipline ourselves, and we need to say, "Hey, kids, let's turn around. There's some bad magazines out here, and I don't want to look at them, and I don't think you should be looking at them either." You know, and we need to give them that example.
1: And I think it, I think we need to be free to say, you know what? Let's change the channel because yeah. that, she's showing parts of her body that are really supposed to be for her husband alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and always drawing the conversation back to marriage. Right. That marriage for when it comes to sexuality, marriage is God's design. Right. And so we need to make that plain to our kids that this that sexuality is not a bad thing. It's a good thing in the context of marriage. Right. Right. Yeah. And um, and that that is fantastic.
0: So when you have people coming up and talking to you at your booth about about porn, what what advice do you offer them? Where do you send them? What books or counselor or um, grand Pumbaa miracle do you call down from heaven <laughs> <laughs> to fix this thing?
1: Well, uh, for accountability, we send them to covenant eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, for talking about how do you talk to your kids about this? Our book, raising real men mm-hmm. talks about how do you talk to kids about this? Right. Um, And gives you some, practical ways to help them to fight temptation right and then for if you have a son 12 or older our book love honor and virtue is written to them mm-hmm. and with the goal of getting them in the battle themselves mm-hmm. to fight against it yeah. to say okay i want to keep my heart pure mm-hmm. how do i do that
2: and you know that's a i think that's a good reference too if you've got younger kids that's a good reference just for parents because when we wrote that book we thought okay our kids are being exposed to all of it, yeah. you know, that, that we can't, we can't just say, well, we're not going to talk about that subject because it's too icky. The fact is they're getting the icky already. And so yeah. we have to have a biblical answer where we can say, honey, this is why we say you should avoid this. This is why God warns us against it. And here's where it says it in scripture. So it's a good reference for that purpose. I mean, we try to make it as as biblical as we could and as straightforward as it could.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Um, so a couple of the effects of porn that I've looked up are that, just like Melanie said, it takes bigger and bigger hits to get the same effect. It really creates an addictive cycle in the brain. Yes. Um, and so it's not just the same porn satisfies you. You have to get weirder. You have to get more violent or whatever. Yeah. Um, it shrinks the brain. I, yeah. I've never read that before, but um, porn addicts have smaller brain volume and fewer circuitry things going on. So it actually, they, they're not really sure if it's because porn addicts tend to be depressed. If they're depressed, so they go to porn or they their porn addicts have become depressed, but there's some kind of correlation there. And it turns off part of the brain that, that processes visual imagery, which I thought was really interesting. So our ability to see things and take delight and pleasure in, like we live in the middle of nowhere, so we can go outside and see the Milky Way on a regular basis, mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing. But pornography shuts down your ability to really appreciate some of those visual things. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you
1: know, the, the word warned us about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. It mm-hmm. says, it warns about fornication and adultery. It says, for every other sin is outside of your body. Mm-hmm. But this is against your own body. And mm-hmm. we and now we we can prove that with evidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, brain scans of people in porn are identical to brain scans of people in alcohol that are alcoholics or that are addicted to heroin. Right. You know, it's, we see that what the word warned us about is true, that this this has physical real effects on our bodies Mm -hmm. and our minds.
0: Yeah. Right. Um, And then the last thing is women in relationships with men who are porn spectators report being far less happy than being with men who are not. And I mean, that kind of gets back to what we were saying earlier. The expectations can be really crazy.
2: Well, you know, Jesus spoke to this specifically, you know, when he said, you've read that, you know, it was written, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery in his heart. And, you know, I think we perceive that even if we don't understand it from Scripture, even if we don't believe in Scripture, there's still that understanding that a husband who is filling his mind up with, with these images, or, Other wife, women. or a, for that matter, a wife who's filling herself up with expectations from, from the novels and things, yeah. they are, in their hearts, they have turned away from their mate, yes. and they are not investing in their relationship. And Instead, they're building dissatisfaction and, and unhappiness in their mate and tearing down their homes with their own hands. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's understandable that people are are unhappy in that situation.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought some of the chatter about the Super Bowl um, halftime show was kind of interesting. Like, why does this always have to be about women shouldn't be doing this and men can do it? So, why shouldn't women and stuff like that?
1: (laughs) You know what? Accountability for everyone.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Should
1: men control themselves and look away? Yes. Mm-hmm. should women behave in a way that that's godly? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all responsible for our own sin. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It does
0: get back to the point that men and women are created a little bit differently.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: um, mm-hmm. men have different temptations than women. And just like Hal mentioned, um, you know, women's romance novels and y- there's this new trend about eye candy and women and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't really understand it. Like, what is up? These are women with kids. And there, there's just this whole, um, it, we're such a visual culture right now. Um, mm-hmm. And, and visual, I don't know. It's just a little interesting to me, but um, anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about, I, I about this awkward discussion about pornography <laughs> and how to talk to our kids about keeping themselves pure and, You know. You know, one of the
2: things that really stuck in our head, we we spoke with, um, I think it was Greg Harris many years ago, and he had mentioned at the time there were some things out in the media about, do homeschoolers teach their kids sex ed? And he said, you know, I don't teach sex ed, I teach marriage ed. Uh-huh. He said, it's all part of this big design that God's given. It's not just this little bit. And the warnings about pornography are just a, they're a small part, although it's been, you know, hugely inflated out of way out of where it ought to be, but it's a small part of a big thing that God's created and we need to have the discussion about the big thing so we can put our finger on the small parts and say, by the way, there's a trap here. If you mishandle it, if you let somebody abuse this, that's the problem.
1: Right. You know, what I want to say is there's hope Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: that it's super important to realize that if you're trapped in something like this yourself, that you can get out, that there's healing, that this is that our, our savior died to cover sin. Mm -hmm. And he has said, as far as the East is from the West, so far have I removed your transgressions from you. Right. So your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Mm -hmm. And you can be washed and healed from this. And the evidence shows the research shows that your brain can heal and your body can heal. It just takes months of abstinence, months away from the sin to do it. And so there's hope if you, if the person listening is addicted to this, there's hope too for our kids, right. that our kids can learn to stay, to choose holiness right. and to turn away from this stuff and to report it when they see it. Mm-hmm. And they can get, they can get to the point that they're ready to get married and they're both without a bunch of baggage and without a bunch of sin and ready to serve Jesus together. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to leave people with hope because this is a yeah. pretty distressing conversation. Right? It
0: is. You just reminded me of something really important. Everyone has a choice. You can view porn if you want. We all have access to it if we want it. And it is our choice to do so. But I don't think what people realize is that it is addictive. And people that are addicts are suffering people. They're not happy people living in freedom. Addicts are suffering human beings. And just like you said, Melanie, there is hope. But if you have an addictive issue, you're not happy. You're not living in freedom. Your addiction by its very nature is enslavement. And so I just love that word that there is hope for anybody who's struggling with an addictive behavior, be that pornography or or drugs, or, or even, I mean, we've talked about smartphone addiction on the show quite a bit (laughs) already. Um, and, and there is hope through salvation in Jesus Christ. So I appreciate you saying that. Um, and I'll try to find some resources to list for our readers. Um, because I'll I'll send you
1: some too. I've got some resources about that.
0: I do want to say too, it's not, the church is not free from this addiction. It is in the church like you said, 50% of the people probably listening are struggling with this problem.
2: Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's important to realize that as the the whole delivery of this has changed, you know, once upon a time, you'd say, watch out for the creepy man in the long raincoat because he's a stranger and he's dangerous and he's, you know, yeah. a bad guy. But you know what? Good people get ensnared by this. Yes. Whether they, whether they jump into it in college or they stumble into it and get hooked or, or whatever nice people and nice families are struggling with this. And so, you know, if you are struggling with it, go get the help. You need the help. It's not, you know, this is something that it's a, it's a modern day trap that so many people are ensnared in. And it's not something that you, you need to go hide your head in the sand and, and say, well, it's just, I'm the only one and I'm, I'm just rotten and there's no hope for me.
1: No, you gotta, you gotta get help because this has devastating consequences. Right. Right. And I, and I really appreciate your guys talking
0: about, you know, having those conversations, building that foundation with your kids from a young age of just being honest and, and having the awkward conversations and just calling it for awkward conversation. because Yeah, well, they are.
1: Well, that that's why we wrote love, honor, and virtue is to open that door. Yeah. It's a little bit less awkward, hand it to them, read this chapter, then let's talk about it. It's yeah. very frank. A lot of moms are kind of shocked at how frank it is. -hmm. But our kids are being exposed to way more than we're talking about. And and we're
2: hearing, we're hearing from the teenagers. We're hearing from the teenagers who've read it, and they're saying, "Thank you."
1: Yes, that is awesome. And it tells them how to fight, Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. stay holy, and to fight sin. And it tells them too how to get out of it, how to get it out of their mind, and recover from it if they've been exposed.
0: That is fantastic. I and I do think if you're struggling with it, finding somebody you can trust to be accountable is really helpful. And you guys, you're open to going to churches and groups to talk about this, right? Oh, yes. I'll put the links in there for people who want to bring Helen Melanie to your church or community to have them talk about this encore conversation for you. (laughs) Cause (laughs) clearly they do it with gentleness and love. So I just really appreciate your being on here to talk about this and, Um, God bless you in your many ministries. I'll link. They have the best LARPing swords ever. So if you guys are looking for (laughs) gear for your kids, go shop. (laughs) Thanks for being here today.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Lisa. It's been great.
1: Yes. Thank you for having us, Lisa.
0: Thank you for listening, downloading, and sharing this episode of Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age. This is Lisa Nearing from True North Homeschool Academy. Be sure to check out all the other great podcasts at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network, as well as our classes, ebooks, testing, and academic advising and career counseling at truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. We'll see you next week.